0: fifth line Mike Todd here in arena host for your Columbus Blue Jackets and you're listening to the subjectively speaking podcast and now here's Jeremy Paul and Laura Norman what is going on everybody this is another episode of subjectively speaking on the hockey podcast network presented by DraftKings my name is Jeremy and I'm Laura and, Laura, I'm so glad that we don't do our episodes, like, fully uploaded onto YouTube, because um, what you see behind me is a, is just absolute car- carnage. Absolute carnage.
1: Uh, yeah. I mean, you're getting there, though, if you're curious listeners. Jeremy's still trying to unpack uh, his official apartment in Michigan. He'd been living in university housing up until a couple of weeks ago. So and of course, in the midst of getting his keys for this new place, I was like, hey, why don't you come back to Ohio
0: for like a week? Well, so. we were talking about this. Like I we had booked everything for this week, because at the time I would have been working in Athens still. Back in September, October, like it was a while ago. Like this has been on the radar for a while. So much so that actually I had thought I paid for the entire thing, but I had actually only paid for half of it when I reserved it, the Airbnb. And so I got an email that was like, hey, crusty. <laughs> I was like, oh, yeah, I guess I'll... I guess I'll... They're like, we're going to cancel your reservation if you don't pay up. I said, great, noted. Paid up. So, uh, yeah, it was a lot of fun to be back in Columbus, though, to, to go back to the friendly confines of Nationwide Arena, to... Uh, have another piece of bacon on a stick to be in person to watch Rick Nash's Jersey be retired to almost pee my pants because we drank too much beer mm. before the retirement ceremony. So that almost was an unfortunate situation for me, but we made it. Uh, it that did hurt. It was like the kind of like I'm holding this and I'm, I'm in pain kind of hurt. So I didn't really super enjoy that, but we made it through. We did. Yes. Um, but then also, of course, checking out the loss to LA. <laughs> it sounds so dramatic. Um, all the losses, actually, being in Nationwide Arena for all the losses, but never <laughs> really feeling as though, except for the first period on Monday, which obviously we'll get to, that the Blue Jackets ever really played bad hockey. So that was really nice and welcoming. And all in all, a chaotic roller coaster, but overall positive weekend.
1: Yeah, no, it was, I mean, outside of the losses, I think, uh, like you said, it wasn't bad hockey with the exception of uh, Monday night's first period. But, um, you know, we got to have a lot of fun and see a lot of people and see some Blue Jackets history, have some really good food. And, yeah, it was a great, great time having you back home in Ohio. So.
0: Um, the Baja Blast Off by Astra Brewing, um, seltzer, real good. In case yeah. you're curious, we got it at um, Whistle and Keg. Very, very good. So, highly recommend if we- you're down by the arena, check that out.
1: Tastes exactly like a Baja
0: Blast. It was weird. So. It actually, to me, I described it like, and this is my fraternity days coming back, but the, like really terrible juice that was made with. Baja Blast as the mixer. It kind of gave you like Kamchatka (laughs) and Baja Blast. To where you can tell it to people. You can't taste the Kamchatka, but like you know it's there. Like, do you Mm -hmm. know what I mean? Like you you're familiar. That's how I would describe it if I was a sommelier of specifically Baja Blast off. So big fan oddly enough, of that. Anywho, um, the Blue Jackets, a weekend to remember for the team, right? Like we talked about our experience, but really just a crazy, crazy weekend. They welcome in two teams that they haven't played since the pandemic in Nationwide Arena in the LA Kings and the Boston Bruins. Nick Felino makes his emotional return to Nationwide Arena and Austin Matthews scores his 40th goal of the season to become the goal scorer or to maintain his goal scoring lead. Um, but he's the first player of the season to score 40. Uh, just a lot happening in nationwide arena. Uh, Jacob Voracek scores with 1.8 seconds left uh, against Boston to even push that game into overtime. The Jackets, you know. Should have probably held on to a lead against the Kings, but they don't. But the Kings are a good hockey team. The reality is the Blue Jackets face three teams that are probably going to be playoff teams this year. The Kings may be the exception. But um, but overall, yes, I would say those three are going to be in the playoffs.
1: Yeah, we talked about it on Friday's episode, um, just kind of the different hurdles that we would be facing as, as a young team. Um, against like you said teams we haven't played with the exception of Toronto haven't really played in a long time um and we you know we held our own pretty well um against the Kings and we just couldn't you know we got it tied up at the end of the third period um but we just you know overtime man um, it just sucks. Just we usually have been pretty good in overtime this season. um obviously, Patrick Line has quite a few game winning goals, so does Jacob Yavorcek in um overtime scenarios, but the two games where we faced overtime this weekend just did not go our way. um so ultimately. I'm
0: I repressed Friday's game until you started talking about it, and I remember that we actually won that game, and then we lost it. I repressed that part of the night.
1: Yeah, we fake won against the Kings on Friday. Yeah, I,
0: I totally just, like, that just came rushing back to me as you were describing this weekend. I was like, oh, my God.
1: Uh, yeah, so yet again, um, Friday's situation, yet again, the Blue Jackets um, lose a game ultimately because an offsides – Goal gets overturned. Um, and we're getting down to the point where it's like obviously, and Lars said this in his post-game interview, he should not have to be explaining offsides to a professional NHL-level hockey team. Like you should not be having to explain what you have to do in order to not have something be offsides. However, I want to understand what's wrong with now. We have nine offside goals overturned in this season
0: nine of them well the worst part about that is like none of the nine were like overly questionable even like it wasn't even like like there aren't very many instances this season where i'm like what is that was that not right they're blatant
1: yeah and so my question is why are the linesmen not calling them in play other teams get called when they go offsides. Nine times? That's insane.
0: It's impressive like, almost. I mean, I don't know, like, what could it be, right? Like, I don't know, like, like how that like, happens. Like, honestly,
1: it seems, like, de- deliberate at this point. Like, it seems, like, deliberate to just let us, let us be offsides and then score a goal so that we've wasted all of that time and now have no way to make up for it, which is what happened against the Kings is that we scored this goal. We thought we won. It was blatantly offsides, but the linesman never called it. So goal gets called
0: back. We've now run out a decent chunk of the overtime. And we don't sit like close to the ice, right? Like we don't sit in a position where I should be able to like make a call, whether a play is offsides or not better than the linesman. But the second that that puck entered the zone, I looked over to you and I said, that play is offsides. And I said, please don't score this play as offsides. They score and everybody celebrates as you should. And I'm just sitting there. Cannon goes off. Yeah. And I'm looking at you like, this is offsides. This is offsides. This game is not going to, this is not going to be it. Like, because it was so obvious. Like, it was so obvious. Like, it hurt. And it makes me wonder, like, there's no way to know this, right? Like, unless you're somebody who literally watches every NHL game and you're, like, very deliberate in the way that you watch it, it's like, do the Blue Jackets just play a style of hockey that, like, they cheat off sides more often than other teams? And, like, that's why they get caught doing it more often? Not in real time, obviously, but, like, is that the situation? Like, what's going on with the way that they play or just the way that the game's being called that makes it so that they have just so many because I would err toward the side of like really, 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 really free coincidence cool that it keeps happening to us, but you gotta wonder, yes, on the officiating side, but also is there something about the way that the Blue Jackets play hockey? Is it just that they're a young team that that this keeps happening? And I don't know the answer to that question. If I did, Lars will probably bring me on the staff because at this point it's kind of a it's kind of a problem. But nevertheless, I mean, yeah, you're right. That like, gets taken away. That game ends up going did it go to a shootout? No.
1: No. Yeah. Saturday's game went to a shootout. But
0: yeah, so, it went to,
1: we had run so much of the game, because after that happened, it went back to a center ice faceoff. Kings get possession. Elvis wasn't ready. In goes, you know, and they win. And that should have been our game because it should have, like, play should have been stopped way before then. Like it should have been stopped because it took after we were offsides, it took a while for Boone to actually score that goal. The whole time we were still in an offside play. Yeah. And so had they called it initially, we would have had all that time. still. granted, it still could have ended up the same way. But the point is the linesman's job is to call offsides. So nine times is just excessive. But not this. we lose in overtime, get a point at least. Um, and, you know, so you're just kind of hoping like, okay, one-off situation tomorrow, Rick Nash day, Nick Felino's back in the building. It's a circus in the arena district with not only this huge moment in history for the Blue Jackets, but the Arnold Classic and a crew game, it was madness. And you're just hoping that Saturday will go better. Um, do you want to talk, do you want to save the
0: Rick talk for after we talk about the game? No, we could do it chronologically and do it before. I think that that makes it just and mostly because I think it affects the game, right? Like I think it creates like this interesting wrinkle to it where for the first I mean like from you know they say you know ceremony was supposed to start at five it probably started at like 545 550 and that then delays kind of everything else which they plan for that like that's not you know that's not you know malice or not performing that well but They end up probably wrap up around like 6.45. By the time that everything is done, it's announced that the puck is going to drop at 7.40 to give the guys enough time to go back to get dressed because um, every Blue Jacket was on the ice and a handful of Bruins were on the ice, including Nick Foligno. Um, So give the guys time. I feel like that has to take you out of the rhythm. And, And I mean, like, I almost just feel for, like, I don't feel for Boston very ever, like very much ever. And I don't know that I say I feel for them, but like that would be hard, right? Like to sit around and watch something like that and to be out of your rhythm. And it kind of just yeah, throws it, everything it, into the loop.
1: Yeah, it throws off the timeline. You're not a, like you're not eating at the same time. You're not getting ready at the same time. Like your warm-ups are delayed by a whole hour almost. Um, you know, circumstances like we had With the ceremony, like that kind of stuff affects like the ice and all that sort of stuff because you've got people, you're moving things on and off the ice the whole time. You know, there's carpets placed down. Like it's just, it's a whole to do. Not to mention the fact that they also did a ceremonial puck drop before they did the official puck drop. So it just sort of adds to everything. You have to rush to get dressed because you have to be out for warm ups now in like a, five minute window like i even mentioned to you as they were coming out for warm-ups there was such a delay in like the groups of guys coming out and i was like one of them is running out with only their pants half on like (laughs) like i'm coming i'm
0: coming hopping down that tunnel like just trying to like pull (laughs) everything up like
1: asking like staff to tie their skates like they're just you know like help us um and so they get kind of a, they gave them a full, but I just don't think, you know, warmups were rushed and like everyone in the arena, you know, is kind of getting this like, oh, we were here. And now we have this like 45 minute window of just, let's fuck around and find out. Like, <laughs> of just like madness of people trying to get food and trying to go to the blue line and get stuff if they didn't have time to do it beforehand unlike us, who were, like, super ninja warriors and got a good majority of our checklist done within the first 15 minutes of being in Nationwide. I was
0: impressed by that, overall.
1: And, you know, so it was just everything. And then, of course, you don't get out. You get out so much later. So much later than you normally do. So, but, overall, so, like we were saying, the ceremony started at, like, probably 5.45. Um, and I I thought it was wonderful. as we as we've talked before, I was not a fan when Rick Nash played. I only know Rick Nash from his highlight videos and from him being a staff member um, for the, the Blue Jackets. But it was really great. Like I cried multiple times. And I don't think it was because I'm an emotional person. I think other people also cried because it was just really incredible to see everything that Rick accomplished throughout his career, whether it was with, I mean, obviously they focused on what he accomplished while he was a blue jacket, but you know, um, and what he came back to do the relationship that he had with Mr. Mack, um, and how he really had an effect on Rick's trajectory and his career. Um, all the different players, um, Freaking Wayne Gretzky. <laughs> like, just like the number of people that came out to congratulate Rick on his career, like, makes Blue Jacket or should have hopefully made Blue Jackets realize that we're not in the shadows, that people do see this team and like see what we're doing and are going to see what we can do in the future. Um, so we're not as hidden away as sometimes I think we feel um,
0: as a part. And that was nice. Yeah, and that was nice, too, because I the narrative with Rick Nash has always been that if he would have played on any other team, I mean, especially like I, this team, my heart and soul, like my everything, Rick Nash played on a lot of really, really, really bad hockey teams with the Blue Jackets. And there's a lot of talk about whether or not, you know, Frick have played for another team, for another organization. I mean, part of the reason why I think he's so respected and so well-known is because he's one of his generation's greats. And the numbers might not show that, like those kind of things, because the supporting cast in Columbus was at times Bubkits. And mm-hmm. so – that's a nice reminder. I mean his, you know, contributions to Team Canada in the 2010-2014 Winter Olympics where they won gold. Uh, you know, those kind of things. He always showed up on an international stage. He was always the player that was used in the most nitty-gritty situations for not only the Columbus Blue Jackets but also for Team Canada, for the Rangers and for the Bruins. And so those are the kind of things that when you talk about what Rick Nash was or what he did, that I think I think we probably just don't talk about enough. And so for what he did to Columbus, for Columbus, um, every every bit deserving of that number being up there. And, I mean, just a cool ceremony. Cool to see who was involved. You know, former coaches, former general managers. You know, <laughs> when we were talking about um, – the, the story about how Rick Nash how we acquired the first overall pick. I think it was that after we had listened to the front nationwide episode, we were in the car and you were like, how did we get that pick? We got the first overall pick. And I remember telling you about the details of that trade and you were just like, what? I mean like it's just a very serendipitous like situation for the Blue Jackets to have drafted him. And you know he <laughs> can't well, be it, it was
1: just, it was it was mind-boggling to me that in that one simple transaction with the Panthers in 2002 like we got the man that built our franchise essentially and, and, not, and basically it worked out the panthers didn't get anything which is just astounding to me like yeah and so it's just like those sort of mo- those moments you know whether you have in life or sports like that one decision like that one situation had it not happened who knows what would have happened because we didn't have a pick. We were the third pick at that time. Um, so any other team or, you know, whoever had the, the Panthers or whoever was second um, that year could have taken Rick Nash and we could be looking at an entirely different circumstance here in Columbus. So it's just those serendipitous serendipitous moments that, you know, have have made this uh franchise what it is today. So
0: well and I think what's what's interesting, and I think people probably don't talk about it enough either, is that Rick Nash didn't just change our franchise once, He changed it twice in that when he was traded to the to the New York Rangers, I mean Brandon Dubinsky, Artem Nisimov, like the players that came back in that trade that then ended up Leading to other things like Brandon Dubinsky, a part, a very integral part in the Blue Jackets playoff success in their, during their, you know, four year playoff run, um, five year playoff run. And so it's just like these things are also so key. Artem and is part of the trade that brings Brandon Sod in. Brandon Saad is part of the trade that brings our Tummy Panaren in. Like it's just things like that where you think about just the the order in which life progressed in that trade tree, and it's just outstanding. But and and not it's never enough about Rick. But because the reality is losses are temporary and from now on 61 is forever, and that's pretty great. But we did lose we did we lose did. the hockey game which sucked but again it's not a game that the blue jackets really didn't look good in like they looked pretty good you know boston scores first but the jackets score twice and they get 2-1 um and you know it just unfortunately they <laughs> it just it just doesn't work out like Boston scores about halfway, maybe even further into the third period. I don't have the the game notes in front of me, but... um, I mean,
1: what's interesting about this is we were able to maintain... I mean, we had a lead all the way through the second period. I mean... Are we... And it just... The third period is where... It sort of broke down, which is how Boston is, unfortunately. Like they're very, they're very clutch in those moments, and um, you know we had a couple stupid penalties, um, one of which led to Patrice Bergeron uh, getting them the lead at the near the very, very end of the third period, and so we pushed and pushed and God love him, Jakub Voracek. I mean, the building erupted um, when he scored the tying goal um, to push us into overtime with three seconds left in the game. Um, And, you know, we had a a lot of hope because normally what Blue Jackets are used to seeing this season in overtime is that we go into overtime and up until this night, all but once, uh, either Patrick Line or Jakub Voracek, or I think Oliver's had a couple. Um, Dean Kukin as well, I believe. Um, pretty quickly into the overtime. We score and we win and we go home. Like <laughs> us losing in overtime is not something that we are super familiar with um, this season. And you know, we tried and tried and tried in the five minutes of regular overtime. And then my least favorite thing about hockey happened, um, and we went to the shootout. And we just,
0: it we weren't good. We were not good. The chops were not good. I just, like, it was so pedestrian. And again, disclaimer, I don't skate. I don't play hockey. I never have. I never will. I hope I will, actually. That was sad to say out loud. <laughs> but I... Yeah, just, like, pretty easy saves for Jeremy Swayman, who, you know, if one thing's a positive, it's that he managed to break 100% even for my fantasy team last week. Uh, didn't – no points given, no points gave. What? That's the same sentence. Um, no points given, no points gotten? I don't know. But, <laughs> yeah, and, I mean, God love Elvis. I mean, like, that's a lot, right? Like, he – Overall, and, like, we can have this conversation when we get done talking about the Toronto game. But to me, having him play three games in four nights, like. It's a lot. It's a lot. And I. And maybe we'll talk about it now. I don't know. But, like, for me, I just, like, you. Obviously, like, you you bring Corpy off of IR, which that's, like, a bit of news for the week is, is Corpy is activated and he backed all happen- the Remember,
1: that didn't happen on Saturday. That happened for no, yesterday. My,
0: yeah. For So part of me is, like, could you have just waited a day, kept J.F. Brubay up and had J.F. Brubay start against Toronto? Like, just do something to break this up. Like, I, you can't – you cannot start – J.F. Brube against Boston on Saturday. Like, you can't. Like, there's just like, for the pump and circumstance of that whole thing, you have to send your starter out. I get that. I'm not worried about that. But Friday, like, could you have started J.F. Brube on Friday? Could you have started J.F. Brube on Monday? Because as, as much as Corby obviously being activated means that he's cleared the play, you want to give him, like, a little bit of time to, like, skate Yeah, because he,
1: he hasn't played. He, he's skated in practices, and he's taken shots in practice, and Stuff like that, but he hasn't played. JF Barube has at least played, and you know we've been putting Elvis through the gauntlet the last week or so ever since we got him back. Um, and it was just a lot, and I think we'll we'll get to what happened on Monday's game. But like to circle back to Boston, you know, yes, unfortunately, you know, we still get a point. I'm not sure how much it's
0: going to matter because we're chasing Boston. Um, I mean, at this point, we're not even chasing Boston. Boston has been on a tear. They're 7-2-1 and one in their last 10, I think. Oh, that's is. right. They <laughs> superseded the Capitals. Yeah, um, we're chasing anybody. It's the Capitals, which doesn't feel as unobtainable. But I digress.
1: Um, and they actually made a really good points about this last night, which we'll talk about. When we talk about Toronto, because we were on a national broadcast game. But anyway, circling back around, we lose in overtime, get a point. Um, But the thing that we didn't, (laughs) we we said it briefly, but the thing that I want to talk about is just the, and I'm going to, I might cry. God, God. Um, Just the beautiful reception for Nick. I mean, he got just a standing ovation by the whole building when they did his um, highlight video during the second TV timeout during the first period. Um, and he came out and he he did a, like a mini lap. And you could tell he got emotional watching back. I watched back the, the clip because obviously we couldn't really see him from, uh, at least see his face from um, our seats. But he definitely got emotional and he you know i think too as last week we were talking about who you know could be next or could be in consideration for having their number you know in the rafters as a blue jacket and just to see that and to see how much nick means to this team and even as a bruin i mean it's hard to be it you couldn't be mad at him he got an assist against us couldn't really be mad at him Like, they end up winning, and he does – you know, they give him an A, and he, you know, is out there congratulating the Boston's goalie. Like, you just – you can't be – because he's doing what you know that he's best at, and it's being a leader on the team. And it was just – it was really, really lovely. And he even, like – he went over and did Columbus Press after the game, which was just such a a classy – like, he specifically went over, did Columbus Press, wanted to make sure that he said hellos to as many people as he could, um, and he even made it a point um, when he was talking, finishing up with Dave Betzold, Um, you know, Dave said, hey, don't be a stranger, and he said, Columbus is my home. I will always come back. And it was just so nice, and I just love him so much. <laughs> Wish we yeah, could I have been but I just love him.
0: No kidding. I well that's like what's so fascinating too is twenty-two days after Rick Nash was traded, Nick Felino became a blue jacket and in that trade that set, I think it was Mark Mathot to Ottawa in exchange for Nick Felino. And it's something like that where God, you should on Scott Housing as much as you want, and honestly you probably deserve to, but those last like two or three acts of his as the Blue Jackets general manager were just so outstanding and and changed the direction of this franchise by doing right by the person whose jersey we retired on Saturday, but then also by bringing in the man who was so well-received on Saturday as well. So overall, just a really fantastic showing by the Blue Jackets. So Laura, obviously the Blue Jackets didn't win, On Saturday, but um, good news, you can win because our friends at DraftKings, they're giving away more money. You know how they do. They want to make you rich. They want to make me rich. They want to make our listeners rich. And the NHL season has been packed with dirty dangles, hat tricks, and big wins. As the action rolls on, DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL, has your shot to win big too. New customers can bet just $1 on any team and get $150 in free bets if they win. That's right. A bump in the win column for your team means free bets for you. And if Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, you still have a shot to light the lamp. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Hockey Contests. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. All you have to do is download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now, use promo code THPN, bet just $1 on any NHL team, and get $150 in free bets if they win. That's promo code THPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. 21 and older restrictions apply. See show notes for details. So shout out to our friends at DraftKings for putting all this information in our show notes now. So if you need any additional resources for gaming, uh, you're going to be able to check out our show notes. You'll find all of that there. A lot more resources uh, because we want you to have fun, we want you to be safe. And DraftKings says too, they want you to be rich. So go check that out. But a gamble okay. again, the Blue Jackets starting Elvis Merzlikens on Monday against the um, Toronto Maple Leafs. Getting some friends back. As we talked about, um, Jonas Corbusallo activated off of IR. Jake Bean plays, which is really exciting. Roll that Uh, beautiful
1: Bean footage.
0: Roll that beautiful Bean footage. Brennan Gantz goes in. You know, overall, just a a good return to health for the Blue Jackets. Um, Shout out Justin Danforth getting paid. By the way, didn't yes. start the show with that, but shout out!
1: Congratulations, to Danforth! Two more years with the Blue Jackets.
0: Yeah, and it's gonna be really interesting. A lot of people have talked about like why that might be like weird or whatever, just because they're like, I just feel like we have a lot of forwards. Yeah, um, some of them are Russian, so um, we'll see how that actually materializes. But yeah, it's gonna be good. He, I think, he really shores up the bottom six, and I think what we talked about. I, I texted you like. To me, I see that Robinson, Corrali, and Danforth line as a really solid checking line that can generate really great like offense. Like to me, I think about that line, and I'm like, if we like when we make the playoffs over the course of the next two years, while all three of them are under contract, like that line is going to be a bitch to play against.
1: Oh, 100. I mean, I think they were some of, I mean, Danforth for sure on. Uh, I think Friday's game and maybe even Saturday, you know, they were saying he was, Lars even said Danforth may have been our best player. Um, you know, he's just really been proving himself. And so is Sean Corally. Like that line will be, like you said, it will be a game changer for us as we continue to, you know, build, build on this foundation. So congratulations to him. Well deserved. Um, and he, if you don't know Dan Forrest's story, like, we don't need to go 100% into it, but he's 29 years old, and this is his first um, season in the NHL. He has played in the, over in Europe, he's played in the KHL, the ECHL, um, the American Hockey League, like, um, and he is just the poster child for determination and um he's finally getting his break and it's it's 100% well deserved so congratulations Justin Danforth we're excited to to have you as a blue jacket for at least a couple more years
0: no doubt we're looking forward to it and we're also looking forward to not having to play the leafs again for the rest of the year and not having to play Austin Thanks Matthews again. yeah uh he's really good at hockey I know you hate him, but man, he made some of our friends look silly last night. Like in just the, the strangest of ways. You wanna talk about a jersey that's gonna be retired one day? 34
1: in Toronto. Yeah, I just I just have no love for Austin Matthews. So um but yeah, he did. He did play well against okay, us. What know, we said. You
0: what? gotta give respect. You gotta give respect where respect is earned, and I mean, he was so good. And I, I have to say, with as good as he was, I mean that. Oh god, that first period. I don't. I don't want to talk about it really.
1: Well, there's nothing much to talk about. We ended the first period three zero.
0: It was bad. I mean, like, just watching the hockey, it was bad. The Blue Jacket, like, turn, like I have to say, like, I talk about him coming back to the lineup and, and how it was nice that he was healthy. Um, Chinnikov's pass to Gonza it was, like, literally, like, on Gonza's tape, and he just, like, decided that he was, like, good on that, and it led to a turnover that led to a goal for the Maple Leafs. I just, like, almost threw up. Like, it was just, like, that was constant. Like, that was basically the entire first period was just a bunch of really sloppy turnovers. And again, this is a hockey team that's playing its third game in four nights. One of which was incredibly emotional, both of which went into extra time.
1: Well, and also it's fifth game in seven nights. So like,
0: yeah, it's a lot of hockey. mm -hmm. It is a lot of hockey and they have risen to the occasion on most nights. And so that's why I think that first period was even just so much more of a dud because you're expecting them to come out and to play well They've really rose to the occasion. Toronto has really struggled recently. They are, again, the conversation of the NHL in terms of, are they even going to be make, able to make it out of the first round? My prediction is that they probably won't because at this rate, they're either going to play, you know, <laughs> they're going to play Florida, uh, Tampa Bay, or, um, you know, if, if neither one of those teams, then they'll play the winner of the Metro in – in the Stanley Cup fi- uh, uh, playoffs for the first round. It's just like n- none of those teams are easy teams to get a series win against, and it's just, you know, I don't want to say that I thrive on the tiers of Toronto media, but I kind of do, and I do enjoy listening to them talk about it, and so I really was hoping that the Blue Jackets would would give them a loss to kind of be able to continue to stir that pot, and they, try- they came back. They came back with a vengeance. And I was, you have to be proud of that. Like, they, they score a goal, you know, at, toward the end of the first period uh, to, to, to make it 3 1. And, and it, it feels like a little bit more obtainable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And oh, oh, you're right. You're right. So at the beginning of the second period, they score to make it 3 1. And everything begins to feel a little bit more obtainable. And I just remember coming into the third period, uh, still 3 1. No, nope. I believe. Nope. I was there. I was at the top
1: <laughs> You were there. I didn't even watch all of it. Um,
0: <laughs> no. Oh, so I'm remembering, I'm remembering wrong. Let me go back. Let me redeem myself. So as we come back in for the second period, this is why I was confused because the usher messed up my math. He said to us, we only have to score four more.
1: Ah, uh, yes.
0: That's my confusion. And I was that's like, oh, he, that's bleak. he was correct, yeah. That is bleak. Um, so that was coming into the second period. Obviously we then end the second period three to two. Correct. If my memory serves me right. Um, Oliver's goal was hilarious because you knew the second that he got in position that he was scoring because of the look on his face. (laughs) He was like, Oh, thanks. Like both of the defensemen, like leave him to come chase the puck on his goal. And, um, you're look. I, I can tell you're looking at your phone. Who got the primary assist on that? Uh, Gus Nyquist. Gus pass passed him. Beautiful. Comes right through, you know, <laughs> just splits the defense. And Ollie, like, knows it's going into the back of the net before it even touches a uh, stick, which is really great. But, yeah, and, I mean, then they tie things up. In the third period, they make it 3-3, and you really – at that point, and I was texting you about this, I really thought that that was our game. I really thought that was
1: our game. Yeah, no, uh, Jack Rossovic gets his 10th goal of the season um, in the start of the third period. Uh, And, yeah, I felt at home, like, I was like, okay. I was like, we can maybe – like, we can maybe do this. Um, And then things just sort of – sort of just – just kind of fall apart a little bit um and i mean it it takes um kerfoot uh gives the the leafs a um lead again about two minutes after jack ties it up so that that's a little bit frustrating but you're still not like you're not out of the woods like that's still kind of attainable because at that point we're only we still have 16 minutes left in the period, and you've got plenty of hockey left to like regain either tying it or even you know a lead. Um, but then this like rookie they got this bunting kid,
0: he scores like it's his day job,
1: yeah. And uh, he just sort of reigns on our parade, uh, making it 5 3 towards the middle. Um, and you know, God love them. We really pushed and Patrick Line gets his 22nd goal um of the season at 1912 in the third period and it just you wanted you wanted that moment that Jake had Saturday night in, with Boston. you wanted it and we just couldn't we were gassed and we end up losing to the Leafs um. 5-4, but you can't have a first period that, you can't have the kind of first period that we had Um and also have the issue, because this will, I'm going to say it, so you don't have to say it, Elvis, let in a stupid goal. And that first period and that goal cost us that game. So... but elvis has also played the last three games all of which we've we've talked about how much those were a push as well so you know we gotta we gotta relieve him for a little bit so that he can i mean he jumped over zach in midair the other night
0: which actually felt like it could have been more catastrophic than just letting zach slide into him like that felt like it could have led to like some severed Things with skates and stuff. That oh yeah, so
1: if he would have accidentally landed on Zach, like all bad, Correct. all bad news. But and you know he's had some incredible. Even though we've we've lost, he's had some huge saves and like body bending moments that you know are taking a toll. But yeah, it lost. It was just, and I hate losing to the Leafs because as I just I dislike so many of them,
0: as people. <laughs> but, Who else do you dislike? Who? Not throw your air out your dirty laundry. Who else don't you like other than Austin Matthews? I don't think that's necessary. Okay,
1: um, I do like Jack Campbell, but Jack Campbell um, wasn't planning and Jack playing, and Jack Campbell is also going through some stuff currently.
0: Yeah, I mean Elvis. Of uh, three of the five goals he gave up. One goal, 6% chance of scoring. Another goal, 6.9% chance of scoring. And the another goal, a 6.4 chance of scoring. Now, that's not to say that he didn't make some ridiculous saves during this game. I, overall, I mean, he doesn't actually have that poor of a performance analytically. I think the expected goals total for Toronto was like 4.3. I mean, it, it could have been much worse. So, you know. He doesn't I'm, uh,
1: I'm not too much of a homer to admit that even sometimes he has flaws
0: and that's okay but I, you have to expect that at least once in this back to back that's coming up that we'll uh, kind of transition to here you know you gotta think that he's going to get a break at some point
1: i I would assume and we'll we'll talk about it in a second who we've got coming up but like I would assume that Corby, we're going to see Corby. Um, But just last note about this Toronto game is I was just, I was so impressed with Max Domi and Gus Nyquist last night. Just, I think the both of them had very strong games. Technically that first goal, I mean, they gave it to Sean Corrale because it hit his hand and went in, but that whole play was Max Domi. Like, that was, and it's so, it sucks so bad because Max is literally sitting at 99 career goals. And so half of Twitter was last night was like, oh my God, Max 100th goal. And then they were like, actually that hit Sean in the hand. So like, and also uh, Bougie thought it hit Sean in the butt. Um, but Sean very clearly was like, that hit me in the hand, not in the butt. Yeah. Um, but and Max is just I mean, really trying. If that goal had counted for Max though, and his game went the same way that it did, he would have had a Gordie Howe hat trick because yeah, he had yeah. an assist and he had an official fight and he beat the crap out of that
0: guy. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't it wasn't much of a close fight, but <clears throat> nevertheless, 0- O one and two over the three that we cover tonight, but. Good to get two points out of it. Again, like a very, very tough three games for the Jackets. And things uh, should, in theory, get easier. Uh, you hope at least. The Jackets, ha- uh, they head to, is it their first time playing in New York's new arena? Have they played? Yes,
1: this will be our first time in their new barn.
0: Yeah, UBS Arena. So that'll be fun to watch the Jackets. Travel there, th- uh, they play their Thursday and then they come back home for a game against Minnesota, which I just love when we play Minnesota. I just, there's something about like coming into the league at the same time that makes me feel like really attached to Minnesota in a way. But yeah, the Blue Jackets hopefully have two games that are winnable. The Wild have really been struggling. They've let basically every other team back into the conversation in the West in terms of playoff positioning. So, They've got stuff to play for, so that's definitely something you keep an eye on. They're really good. They have really talented players, but they're just going through a stretch right now, and you got to wonder what what Friday will look like for them. But you've got to think, like we said, Elvis Merzlikens is going to get at least a day off. I probably would start Corpy on Thursday, let Elvis take Friday at home. Unless Corpy has a really good game. If Corpy has a really good game on Thursday against the Islanders, I, I'm putting him out there against the Wild, too. I mean, you want to be careful because he's coming off of an injury. But you've also got to show him off a little bit right now. And I, if he plays well on Thursday, I would not be surprised if he gets to start on Friday.
1: But that would also give Elvis a nice chunk of time to prepare for Vegas coming to town on Sunday. Because... Um, Elvis loves playing Vegas, whether it's against, whether it's at home or in Vegas, Elvis loves to play the golden Knights.
0: Yeah, no doubt. And I think, you know, you look at these, I don't know. It's getting to the point where it's like, I don't know what I want. Like, I'm like, uh, these six points that are up for grabs. Like you want to get four probably, but I'm not going to like be devastated one way or the other. Like, I think just like, give me good hockey, give me good effort. That's all I care about. And we'll kind of just go from there.
1: Yeah, exactly. I'm kind of along the same way. Keep playing the way that we've been playing, keep putting that effort in. And if it works out, it works out. If not, at least we know that we tried and we, you know, held our own as best we could. But I think we've got, like you said, a good chance for four of those six upcoming points. Um. yeah, as long as we keep staying healthy and, you know, Robbie should be getting close to, to coming back and, I mean, they keep pushing Tex. Tex is also not even in the country, so um, who knows when we're going to see Tex play again, but Robbie should hopefully be coming back soon Um, and they haven't really given a time frame Adam Boquist, but they did price him on IR last week. So fingers crossed. Um, yeah, because we just defensemen are important all the time, but yeah. especially now. So
0: Yeah, we need him to get healthy. I need him to not be a Ryan Murray Junior. Like that's kind of my biggest fear right now is that he's gonna be a little China doll, but We're hoping for the best.
1: Yes. And then this is kind of this little tidbit of information that I'm going to share um, before we wrap everything up is kind of exciting because if you're on TikTok and you're a hockey fan, you more than likely are familiar with the Hockey Guys TikTok account. There are a bunch of college hockey players um, that have gained notoriety for like they do all the dances, they do all the hilarious things um and they've actually done some stuff for the nhl for like outdoor games this season and they are going on a spring break hockey road trip and the columbus blue jackets are one of their games yeah so if you
0: what yeah i was just gonna say one of their guys like Wears blue jacket stuff in some of his videos sometimes. I think there's at least one blue jackets fan in that group.
1: Well, because they're called the Yellow Jackets, yeah. So, um, so there's like a little bit of, of that there too. But they will be in Nationwide Arena. The team um, has put it out as well. But the hockey guys guys will be um, in Nationwide Arena on Sunday. Uh, for uh, the Blue Jackets versus the Golden Knights game. So that's very exciting. We're in all their, like, promotional materials. Um, So, and they'll be... I don't know. The team hasn't said if they'll be doing anything, like, official with them. I hope they do because that's a great opportunity. Um, That's a great, like, fan base to reach out to um, for the Blue Jackets. But they will be wandering around Nationwide Arena on Sunday. So,
0: that is a lot of fun. I do enjoy the videos; they're hilarious. I think that they fit so well into like that niche, like hockey vibe, without being problematic. So that's a that's a plus. Anytime you can do that, anytime you can check those two boxes for me, it's an A plus. But speaking of promotional materials, things of that nature, um, we sometimes do promotional things. We sometimes mm-hmm. promote things. Uh, so if you're following our social media, you know that we did a contest last night for whoever. Guess the first goal scorer, they're going to get some free Subjectively Speaking merch. Unfortunately, nobody got the answer right, and that's a okay because guess what? Um, Nothing says that we can't do it again. So if you're ever going to want to check those out, if you ever want to be involved in those kind of things, you can follow us on Twitter, at SubjectivelyPod. Same on Instagram, at SubjectivelyPod. We're on Facebook, Subjectively Speaking. Same on YouTube, Subjectively Speaking. And uh, so much good content over on our website com, and if you ever want to get some uh, subjectively speaking swag maybe you don't want a contest but you really really enjoy our swag um, you can head over to com. all this stuff is going to be in the show notes so if i'm rambling and i'm going too fast you can find it there but laura did i miss any of them
1: um just that everyone can rate review and subscribe on whatever podcast platform they're listening to us on um again we finally got over the 39, uh, uh five star rating plateau that we were at, and are now officially at, I believe, 43, which is very exciting. Um, but we still would like to get that number to go higher again. We don't know why it matters, but it does because it helps us get noticed, um, on the hockey podcast charts, helps us come up uh, more easily when someone's searching for a hockey podcast. Um, and just really helps us build and grow this community that we have have started so if you are on apple Podcasts or on spotify you can rate and review um, and leave us a five-star rating Um, but other than that we just love and appreciate all of you so much
0: that we do and until we get the chance to talk to you all next time we're coming to you with a hot fresh new episode on friday also appreciate all y'all navigating our Releasing an episode on Wednesday. Hopefully uh, you still found it where you know how to find it. Uh, And we'll have another one for you on Friday. But until then, take care of yourselves and we'll talk soon. Bye.